Hi everyone, it's Ryan from the future here. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I had a small announcement to make. Uh, as of this week, we're coming up on 20,000 listens, and honestly, that's just amazing. Uh, from myself and everyone involved with the show, a really big heartfelt thank you to you all. It, it really means a lot. Uh, without you all listening, we'd just be shouting into the void, but I guess that would be quite a flimsy rituals thing to do. So... Anyway, you can continue to support the show in the usual ways. Um, leaving a review on your chosen podcast site is a big help, and maybe sharing the show with some friends that might like us, that really helps us too. Um, also, you can come and join our Discord. We're always interested to hear what you have to say about the latest episodes or ideas for what we might do next. And lastly, uh, if you're able to, you can support us on Patreon, where you can tune into our monthly behind-the-scenes streams, see bits and pieces of all the wonderful work that Adam does to make our world seem so full of life and weirdness. But you can find out all the information you need about this at flimsyrituals.com. Anyway, on with the rest of the show. Thank you again. The other family's broken or card. The Nim shifts came at us with everything they had. It were bloody. The swifts ran the streets. Vigor Nim shifts sat at their head and she reinforced them with troops of their own. We weren't ready to stand up to trained fucking soldiers. We wilted. We gave ground and all the while, Vigor watched for any weakness, any deviation, and punished it mercilessly. And at the same time, that bitter-tongued piece of shit, Parsip Nimkovina, sat in the council chambers, riling up the syndics, and the children of all the Nims in the city rushed to join them. From Mara outwards spread their dark-suited white roof gangs, and they were itching for a fight. Not a fair one, mind. They carried their arms openly and defiantly, and the Swifts didn't care one bit. And alongside them both were the ministers, worst of them all. They'd long held their pride in being the council's sworn agents, but like a reed in winter's winds, they swayed and they'd snapped. There were nine of them, one for each warden. Only one of them broke ranks. Crooner and says second Rinsea. I mention them now because they'll become important, but... <sighs> the rest only knew the Rhino power. They were blades singing to be used, even if by a tyrant's hand. They came with their bismuth nooses and they gave Mork's mantle its name. Out of all of it, the thing that were the hardest to bear was who was being caught. Beyond the odd, unlucky radical, it usually weren't us. It were those who'd harbored us, who were caught in the wrong place, or who were swift and built a grudge with. The unlucky, the angry, our communities are kin. I remember their names, those who were close to me Eris, Tarula, Evelvus, Nikem. 
their faces I can barely glimpse, but their names have carried with me even here. If there were ever a time that I doubted the path we were on, it would end. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. Ryan Evans. Hi, I'm Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at R underscore Mihalik. Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Sis, and you can find me on Twitter at CSilkGames. And Fryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can find me on Twitter at @tdixon, And you can find the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. There's something else as well. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us at our website, flimsyrituals.com. Thank you. <laughs> and today we're continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. And as always, all of the music featured in the season is from Satin by Kai Engel. That's everything, right? Yes. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. First time. Should we do a little bit of a of an overview of where the city is and where the different factions are that we've met and your relations to them? Because we haven't done that for a while and like maybe this is a good point to take stock as well. Embrace eyewitness news. Give us an update of what's <laughs> happening. Okay, there's our faction relationship. So we have the various assembled great families, and I guess in particular Nimshif. The most obvious thing to say here is that Nimshif are now in control. While you've been out of the city, they have made their coup, and they have taken over the running of Embrace. We're maybe getting this as you're having your downtime, as like you pick up and collect news. So feel free to ask any sort of follow-up questions or anything as, as we go as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything particularly big or noteworthy. And where I keep going back to with the Nimshif coup is that line from when we did the world building episode of The Skeleton with, I think it was Stephen Beck, which was about the Nimshif coup coming with, was it silver tongues and bloody blades? And I think there is a mix of those two things. I think in order to get to the top, the Nimshif have had to use a lot of different techniques. I think there are some other great houses like maybe Nim Prillicent who have just fallen into line with Nimshif and are just actively working with them. They saw the way that the wind was going and just went, okay, cool. I think the big bit of shocking news and the thing that seems to have like precipitated this entire coup was that the head of Nimkalad, Harnal Nimkalad, passed away maybe like a week or so after you went into the cut. And there are obviously some rumours spread through some of the new sheets that Nimshif had something to do with that, but those new sheets have tended to go fairly quiet following the Nimshif's taking power. This is definitely, they've taken control in any way they can through kind of murky means, and they are doing whatever it takes to keep themselves there. I think the city council is still kind of there and functioning, but they're very much just a puppet government. Nimkalad themselves are probably cowed, but 
police sitting waiting for an opportunity to fight back rather than just falling into line here. Does that all make sense? I think yep. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Hanel Nimclad, quote-unquote, died. Yes, um, and I think the, the heir is Strau Nimclad, who, in my notes, I've got written down as decadent, self-important, and canny. Sounds like a real asshole that doesn't remind me of anyone at all. No, no, definitely does not. <laughs> We've never met anyone like him. No, never. <laughs> Apparently the head of Nimclad, Hanel Nimclad, before was dour, responsible, and efficient, so a bit of a change there. Um... Yeah, and your relation with those factions, you're still at minus one with the council, still at minus one with the great families, and you're at minus two with Nimshif. There's a lot of minuses. Uh-huh. Many, many minuses. In fact, looking at the whole the whole sheet, there's not many pluses. I mean, there, there are in some places, especially in the underworld. The thing is, Steve, we do keep going around murdering important figures. Yeah. <laughs> so... In terms of the other institutions, the Swifts, you're still at minus two with. The Ministry of the True, who are the people whose house you broke into? You broke into one of the minister's houses, right? They're at minus one with you. Um, and then the other thing in the institution are like all of the Undercity stuff. So Lilium and the other factions that are down there, Mel, as much as her faction still exists. And probably the people we'll see today, so Khan uh, Daker, which we'll get to, I'm sure. You're still at minus two of those, but I think that's a weird collective thing. How can we be at minus two with Mel? She doesn't exist anymore exactly. except as a bee in Oaken. <laughs> We're literally her house. <laughs> yeah, treating them as one faction, but I think they're actually three different ones with different relationships. So like Mel herself sure feels pretty neutral to you at the minute. And we'll see how that goes. I'll take it. She's just really upset about being Oaken's arm. <laughs> Oaken doesn't wash much. Mel's not having a nice time in that arm. But yeah, so that's the big picture stuff. Um, I don't know whether we've spoken that much about how long it's been since you went into the cup, but it's definitely like that thing of like you come out and it's been a few weeks rather than the few days you were down there, which is slightly disorientating. And yeah, like the Nimshifts seem to own most of the city currently. They are winning the kind of tussle between different powers and factions. The Swifts are working for them. I imagine the Syndics are as well. And I think the only district that is mostly independent is uh, Hinterward and Tales End. I imagine Atrium is pretty cowed at this point, because the People's Ward of Atrium just doesn't exist anymore. And I imagine Calvary is still a kind of running battle but one that the Nimshifts are putting a lot of resources into. There's definitely some work you could do in either of those places to try and re-establish them, and it depends which way you want to take this, whether you want to focus on those kind of big getting districts into strong positions, or whether you want to just hit straight at the head of Nimshif and and continue be, like in the shadows. The other big bucket of stuff we've got is the Underworld, of which... The syndics I just mentioned, who are who are like the the clerks and kind of bastard nobles who are working for Nimshifts, are at minus two of you. Right at the start of the season, you kind of dealt a big blow to them when you killed one of them at, in like the voting score. But I think they are resurgent, especially around Marrow. But I think you hear rumors of them just finding 
people who they suspect to be radicals or revolutionaries and just beating them up, basically. Oh, I don't like that. No, me either. <laughs> There's a reason why you started with minus two of them, and that's because they're bastards. That's that's another target you could you could take on. Uh, the Umbral Provenders you're at minus two with, for obvious reasons, I think. Can't possibly think why. <laughs> yeah, haven't set anyone's <laughs> ants on fire. No, no. Are there peoples that, like, we haven't murdered someone there or set their house, one of them, on fire? In fairness, we've done very few murders, but we've done a lot of sort of very public embarrassments. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there, there are some people. So um, the People's Order of Atrium doesn't exist. You work for you with those. Oh, come on. Let's put them at... <laughs> um, I think let's put them at two week because I think... The remnants of them exist. They there are still the people there who want to see that happen. Um, but you're gonna have to do some stuff to to solidify that. There's definitely work you could do to like get that back up. Um and then the Ginnels, still free relationship with they're probably doing okay. I think like broadly, there's like a bunch of revolutionary groups or like the revolution generally that's not covered by this list. And they're all fairly friendly with you, even if they've got different degrees of it yeah like the pamphleteers and the vials and stuff are all still our friends right yeah they're just not on the sheet and there's stuff like um boktiv dane's group and zanaris crows and the maybes and and things like that where you might have like rivalries and stuff like that but that's not currently negative status you probably have like one or two so if we feel like we need to like bring any of those in to something we can do that and I think the revolution's in a weird place because I think the ascendancy of the Nimshifts is obviously not a good thing for them. They're probably expending a lot of resources to just kind of tread water and not lose too much ground to that. But I think the appearance of the Winter's Lodge is starting to become a big boon as the revolution begins to organise and to, I think, start that meeting that you helped organize and i think it happens in like the chambers and sanctums of of the winter's lodge was everyone happy with that yeah makes sense it's quite a sort of symbolic place of change and stuff it's also now in the only ward that isn't full of murdering yeah yay i like that the winter's lodge is a massive middle finger just on the edge of the city <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Ivar, but it's a pretty good symbol. Mm, yeah. Why you gotta do it there, though? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, the Winter's Lodge feels like another thing that you could work towards um, as we, like, move into the scores of, like, how do you keep that place safe? Because it has some of its own defences, but you, you might need to start thinking about that. So yeah, there, there are, like, the vague associated revolution groups, the vials you're at two with... The painted hands you're at one with, and I think like the lace pot beneficiaries you're at one with, and like the laborers and stuff like that. And then for our two favorite groups, <laughs> the, the last couple of groups, uh, the Flint Street Nappers, uh, you're still at one relationship with. Mm. I imagine they're starting to feel the heat because I imagine there's just a general crackdown on crime. <laughs> I think the addition of like all of these new swifts and stuff like that is probably starting 
to undercut their ability to keep themselves safe and do the business that they do. And I think that's probably fairly similar for the Likelihood Lads as well, who I think have ended up through circumstance, through their work with the Vials, probably actually fairly aligned with the revolution at the minute, because I think the Vials still have that street in protest. And I think that has become, in combination with Tales End, I imagine that's kind of grown into like a new version of what Atrium was. Like there are a few streets on the edges of Tales End, Tales End itself, and the Winter's Lodge, which are not independent, but like, I guess like semi-autonomous. Does anyone have any questions about any of that or where anyone is? I think that's most of it, yeah. Yeah, it brings pretty well up to speed, yeah. Shall we move into downtime then? Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. Let's relax. Huh? <laughs> let's chill out and have some nice, happy, fun times. That's that's what I really get a sense is on the agenda right now. I'm gonna ask who's gonna go first, but before I do that, I guess you just raised your rank as well. Where do we think the jubilant is at the minute as a tier two faction? Like, how do you slot back into things? I imagine we actually might have a little more riding on us than we did before because we 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 brought winter's lodge with us that seems like a big deal are we the biggest group of maybes now size wise probably not but in tier wise i imagine there's maybe another tier two maybe maybe zanaris's lot mm. the tri- a day the triumphant maybe yeah zanaris is the triumphant but yeah, I think you're on a par with Zanaris's. Yeah. I think like previously we were definitely the maybe that you go to when you know that the thing you're asking for is like ridiculous and impossible. And you try not to think about us too much outside of that. And now maybe there's like when people are talking about stuff that they need maybes to do a moment where they do actually look at the jubilant maybe and go, and your input is. Yeah. What happens with the Winter's Lodge? Are you involved in that i like the idea that we're kind of almost like a go-between between the 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 folks who are actually down in the winter's lodge and some some other parts of the revolution yeah maybe they trust us more than some other people in the city something like that yeah like i can't imagine everyone is necessarily super trusting of the maybes or the ginnels but maybe we'll deal with us yeah and i because you've now got the cohort as well, I can definitely imagine a lot of their function is maybe to do a lot of that work when you're not available to do that, if that makes sense. And also I like the idea of Ash. Every time there's a message that needs relaying, someone's like, okay, just give it to Ash. Keep him busy. <laughs> wow, rude. Yeah, we are just desperately inventing tasks for Ash to do so he doesn't have a <laughs> single moment to think about all the trouble he could get into. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Also, very good idea. And Midrib as well, I guess, and Renner. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot of your cohort now is just the old Dodgers. Yeah, probably. That doesn't make sense, yeah. Can't imagine work's great for them at the minute. No. Ash just starting this weird network of very cut savvy Dodgers. Oh, the trouble we can get into. <laughs> <laughs> and does Nia get involved in this? Do you say you become, like, the organizer in some ways? Yeah, definitely one thing I wanted to do is the network of influence. Mm. 
And so that's something I wanted to work on this downtime. Yeah, shall we go into that now? I mean, I have to roll dice, though, and that went really poorly just now. How yeah. How is, the, is uh, Sir, like, views on the, the network they're setting up been affected by like, knowing that Altar has been intercepting the letters? I think Nia's really self-confident <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, and, and figures they can still get around it. Sounds about right. And possibly yeah. play it. Like, try and figure mm -hmm. out who Altara is intercepting and be really clever, and I'm sure it'll go great. To, like, put different things in those letters, that kind of thing. Yeah. How were you sending those letters before? Was it just through however everyone else sends letters? You weren't specifically getting, like, Ash to courier them or anything? No, it's just normal letters. Like, normal mail. Yeah. So I guess there could be one set of letters that goes, like, the normal way, and then another set that goes through uh ash and the magnificent cut dodging dodgers okay and where is this clock at the minute do you do you have the clock already going yeah uh it's a six step clock and i've got three sections ticked mm. i guess what i'd like to get to is what what is nia doing here and what is nia aiming for as say work on this network well, the original goal was an informant web that split into segments based on how sympathetic they are to the revolution, to mm. be kind of played in different ways, and to know how to talk to the different groups of people. I don't know that that's changed too much, especially now that there's this whole double agent thing going on, knowing who's going to talk to Altara about specific things, or is in that kind of group hours uh, like to be intercept intercepted by altara is useful yeah obviously if used correctly <laughs> yeah no i like that i like the idea that this is about finding out the trustworthiness of the, that network and kind of fully establishing it and then assuming that this happens you can then maybe spend some time using that information either as like another long-term project or acquire an asset or something i i imagine like acquire asset is in like acquire rumors acquire stories and i guess there's also like gather information as well which you could do during a score to to use the network as well yeah. so yeah there's like quite a lot of stuff you can do if it wants to set up but yeah i think there's there's quite a lot to be done right now of like how has this network changed since mm. say went into the cut yeah and how are you going about this well i think it's just picking up on the letter writing from before yeah. Um, starting with normal mail and then moving if people seem trustworthy enough to Nia's understanding to sending Ash round with letters and hopefully yep. not getting that wrong. Are you trying the thing of like spreading false information as well and seeing whether it gets reported? That's a great idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so long-term projects, you choose what you want to roll with, and you get plus one D to the roll if a friend or contact helps you. After a roll, you can spend coin to improve it. So if Ash is helping here... Yeah, I, I can help. Perfect. I've, I've got two points of stress left to spend, so I can uh, <laughs> give you one. Uh, can I choose to roll a sway then? Yeah. Cool. That sort of makes sense. We'll say it's like deception and bluffs, and there's going to be quite a lot of that in this. Yeah. Uh, so you get free dice if Ash is helping. 
Well, one of them's a four. One of them's a four. Isn't there a thing where I can spend coin? Yeah, so four gets you two segments, and if you spent a coin, it'd take up to three segments so you could complete it. Yes, please. Usually it's better to, like, spend a coin to do do it again, I guess, because then you could get more than one, but in this situation, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is my informant web is now set up. Okay. You managed to root out a lot of of the holes in your network. Maybe there are some very distinctive rumors you start to spread, and one of them gets out into the open. Maybe some of the new sheets pick up on it. Um, what is it? What what rumor do you spread, or which rumor do you spread that gets out? I think I want it to be about Oaken. I feel like Oaken. If it's about Oaken, it's more likely to be picked up. Okay, what rumor do you spread about Oaken? I don't know. <laughs> do you get Oaken to help you? Oaken, what do you want the people to know? That would be really nice. If just like, hey, Oaken, just like tell me, tell me about yourself. Tell me about like, your your favorite escapades, and just like um, sit there writing them all down. <laughs> oh my god, the the he's got one escapade. <laughs> I'm sure you have others you could I you could make up to sound cool. It's probably it'd probably be a very bad lie, like something completely outrageous. Here's a time that I killed this other remnant or something. Yeah, and I did it like I had two arms tied behind my back, and I saved a whole village, and it was very cool. So this is kind of like. Going from escapades, like, Oaken, what's your favorite food? What's like, just basically, like a teen magazine. Oaken, what's your idea of a dream date? (laughs) What's your perfect Sunday? (laughs) But yeah, I think that story gets printed in one of the new sheets. I think it's kind of interesting because I imagine a lot of that story doesn't necessarily tell you that the person is going to leak you to Nim Shifts, but it definitely tells you that they're going to sell cool stories to new sheets. Yes. And maybe you get a name of someone, um, Elric Nim Sira, who is is the person that you sent that information to, and only them. So yeah, you have you have your networks up. And you have a name of someone that is not particularly trustworthy. But trustworthy to to sell cool stories and get them out there. Hmm, yeah. Might be useful, might not be. Um, is there anything else you get for this or want from this, or is that everything? I think it'd be really useful if there's any gossip about the Nim Shifts and anyone in there who is unhappy. Mm. with the current coup because people love to gossip and that could be useful um i think that might be a long-term project cool but i think that's a very good one and you should definitely pursue it um but yeah i feel like that might be like a four-step project at some point okay if you want to do that i mean you could do it at the same time by spending a coin or you have a downtime action but it's up to you I think I probably need to either deal with some stress or the fact that uh, Nia's belly is slashed. (laughs) 
did you want to I, I think there are a few of you who wanted to do some medical stuff right Oka needs a doctor very badly I should probably see a doctor I've only got two wounds but I mean, one of them is a minus one dice, and the other one is less effect. One of them is a minus one yeah. dice, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to be yeah. doing things that are not less effect at some point. Does that mean I should also see a doctor and spend for an extra downtime ac action to go deal with stress as well? Mm. Do we just want to do this in one fell swoop for anyone who wants to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I was honestly going to go see Trilvo rather than our regular doctor, because I want my spirit one dealt with much more than I care about mm. my bruises. That makes sense. Is it that there's maybe Trilvo and the other doctor, whose name I always forget? You have a doctor. We, we've never characterised them much. We didn't name them at all. It's just some student, right? Who wears a, a big <laughs> woolly jumper, right? Is that right? I don't remember, but that sounds like Let's a say character. yes. Ah, oh, give me a good code name, someone. Danger Samson. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I like I like the spirit. What? Of it. No, that was good. <laughs> I like Danger Samson. I mean, danger is good. <laughs> Samson is good. <laughs> he's, he's a doctor. How yeah. creative could he be? Would you go to a doctor called Danger? <laughs> I would not. Oh. No. You don't have much choice. What about in my good names list are Dudrick, Suitable, and Harrod? I quite like Suitable. Let's go for Suitable. Oh, Suitable Danger. <laughs> suitable <laughs> Danger. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think the pair of them probably help everyone as you get out of the cup. And there's like, you meet at Winter's Lodge and there's like the group of people kind of turning up. I imagine there's a lot of like checking up on people and making sure people are okay. And, you know, later as the mm -hmm. Bismuth Bands turn up, I imagine two out of the three of them come back. And when Rian turns back up and all of that. So, yeah, anyone who wants to make a healing roll can. If you Did you want to have a conversation with Trilvo, or was it just that was who you were going to? Have we seen Ezra and Trilvo actually speak on screen? Never, but I imagine they have met, because, like, Ezra and Ivar are just pretty good mates outside of doing stupid things together yeah. so i imagine we maybe get this moment of you sat on maybe there's a bunch of like tables that the ghosts of tales end have dragged out they're probably a mix between like rickety because they've just scavenged them and like quite nice because someone's like done one of them up and resanded and stained it or something and i think you're sat on one of those and chilvo's looking you over and what is your spirit wound looking like at the minute? Wound is maybe the wrong word, but like the spirit stuff. Spirit harm. That's a spirit wound, I think, yeah. Um, I guess this, this healing must take place before I go and see Amaris, because no one commented on how yeah, weird yeah. I looked when I got there. And it, it probably does look super weird, because I think we described it as like the smoke that comes out of Ezra is like reflecting the cut a little bit it's kind of like angular like curls of bismuth and it's it's got like the colors of um lilium in it mm. Mm. <sighs> this is weird and she's just like <laughs> i imagine because she's a ghost she's like playing with it with with her fingers not, not playing with it but like assessing it yeah poking prodding having a brothel 
That's always what you want to hear from a doctor, isn't it? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, but like, it's definitely like one of those things where you've seen her work her way down the line, and she's normally quite to the point. Like, she's a she's a doctor. She's getting stuff yeah. done. She's like triaging and all of that. And she's just looking at this like with a bit of confusion. And she like turns around and goes, Artelish, come and have a look at this. And she calls Artelish over too. And like soon the pair of them are like looking at this this unspooling of spirit that's coming out of you. Ezra is very uncomfortable. <laughs> it, it, is Ezra like joining in these conversations? Because Trilfo must know that you're kind of a binder. Do you reckon she like looks at you and it's like, what do you think? Well, if if I knew where it were, I would have fixed it, Trilfo. That's a sort of why I'm here. I t- it's a bit beyond me, I'll be honest. Mm. Feels bad. How does it feel? I think it's that kind of same seasickness that Ezra gets from being in the cup, but but much sharper. Mm. And it's it's less kind of the, the nausea and more like the dizziness and the, the not being quite sure where you're putting your feet. Yeah. And I think the thing that comes out as... The three of you try and like puzzle it out and try and heal it. It's like the thing that makes it hard to deal with is that I'm just reading the word here, it's like vibrant connection, and it is that something seems to be tethered and anchored here. Like there's a bit of you that is sort of connected to, to Lilium. Cool. I, I don't think that's like the same as like Oaken and the Gull or anything like that. I think it's much lesser. I imagine it as a bit like when you get fluff stuck in Velcro, like there's just, I scraped yeah. a bit off and we can't get it out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, let, let's do a roll and see and see where this goes. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, how many dice? So it's the tier of the healer, right? So let's say tier two. Okay. Because I got two healers. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oh. That's a one and a two. Yeah. <laughs> Thrin roll above a four, 2021. <laughs> I'm trying. Actually, let, let's sort of scratch that roll anyway, because I'm sort of tempted to just do the thing that I've seen a lot of people suggest for Blades and Dark Healing, which is just if you go and see a healer, just bump everything down a level rather than dealing with the healing clock. Okay. So let's do that. Let's, let's say that your bruised goes down. So you're you're no longer bruised. That just kind of heals naturally over time. Yeah, time has kind of dealt with that. And your vibrant connection stays, but it's got less effect. Okay. I think, like, in my head, it going down a level is kind of like, we can't fix it. Mm. But Ezra's trying to convince Artelish and, and Trilvo to help them hide it yeah. in some way. Like, look. Look, if if we can't if we can't get rid of it, can we can we hide it? I can't go around looking like this. This is ridiculous. People are gonna think I've died. No offense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a degree of that. I think there's probably some ways that they teach you just to control it a little, but maybe a lot of it is like them giving you medicines that help. Yeah. Like dull it a little bit. Maybe it's just, like, ground-up business with some other stuff that helps, like, just mm. kind of double that a bit. That's fun. But it's sort of, like, also interesting because is the less effect because it's still visible or is it the less effect because there are, like, side effects to that? I think side effects, right? So it's it's not one minus one D anymore because maybe the, the medicine helps a bit with being able to partition that stuck bit of spirit away from the bits of me that make me feel very bad. 
Mm. But maybe it does also sort of like dull my spirit sensitivity a bit. Like I'm just not as good at feeling things because yeah. the medicine is not picky about what it works on. Yeah, I like that. It's like working with cold fingers or something like that. Yeah. All the time. Or like working with a headache. Yeah, sort of persistent and not very good for someone who's a binder, but we'll see where it goes. Okay, who else uh, was looking to do some healing? Mm-hmm. So I've had this I've had this cut since like literally the first score, and it's 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 quite a minor cut, but I love the idea that Ash just keeps reopening it every time he tries to do anything. He's just completely refusing to take a break or mm. stop like doing fucking backflips and stuff. Where was the cut? Uh, across my ribs. I like the idea that there's a scene in the in the sort of, in the waiting room while Ash and Nira are waiting to get checked up, and he's like, "Look at this!" And if I lift my arm, it just opens again. Look, ah, ah. I think the doctor sees this as you're doing it and just walks up and basically uh, like ties a, like a bandage so it pins your arm in place. Boring. Looks at it and goes like, "Come and see me in four days. If you've not opened it up, I'll take the bandage off." Okay. Don't take it off yourself. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um. Anyone else got any healing? And say the oakum was as well, Beck. Yeah, it's got three harms <laughs> at the moment. Cool. So yeah, if you do healing, um, your level one ones confused and deafened will go. Is that just given time? He's able to just heal. Yeah. Yeah, he's fairly resilient. Not emotionally, but physically. Yeah. Well, I imagine if you've, like, eaten some of Rodella as well. Oh, yeah, that'd help. You probably just heal pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, And then you've got Pinned, which drops down a level. That was... Did you get stabbed by one of the bits of Lilium? Yeah, that's what that was from, I think. So I think maybe it's something that would have normally healed properly... But, like, just sort of heals really weirdly. Oh, maybe it's, like, um, a bit snapped off and it healed over it. Yeah. Or maybe, like, that's what the the healing you get today is. Like, they, they managed to take that bit out, but it just means that you've got more time to heal. Yeah, like, the getting it out was uh, messy. Yeah, Un unless you want another piece of a strange god lodged inside of you no i don't want to be greedy but <laughs> <laughs> it's appealing oh. uh is that everyone's injuries is it for me cool just ivar that seems to be doing fine i'm dead can't, can't hear a ghost cool. <laughs> that's not true what else do people want to do in time downtime uh the only thing ivar wants to do is start training up a militia but i'm not sure whether that's uh in response to whatever's going to happen it could be both like it could be like because i feel like it's obvious that that will be necessary anyway and like maybe the yeah. difference is that difference between okay i'm slowly making some defenses versus i'm going out to do a score to get something that will help defend this or whatever but yeah i feel like training a militia now is good okay yeah, I think that's what I'd like to do. Cool. What What does this look like? 
I think it's organizing people that want to volunteer that to be part of it. Mm, yeah. Obviously, for now, it's just been Ivar and Cyrus. Yeah. But especially with Winter's Lodge appearing and Tales End, um, definitely much more of a target now. And if there's volunteers from that group too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. How many ghosts live here? Have we ever really worked that out? I don't think we have, but I feel it's quite a few. Like, it's a it's a sizable area, right? Yeah. In my head, it's maybe like a couple of hundred, maybe? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd put it on similar level as, like, small village sort of thing. Yeah. And there's probably, like, maybe it's, like, around 150 to actually live here, but, like, there's maybe 500 ghosts that come through here regularly because like there's a yeah. big difference between like i'm going to like visit this community to do whatever versus i'm gonna settle down in this place that's a huge target yeah so yeah there's probably a mix of stuff there so is this a long-term project yeah i think so okay uh let's call it a six-step clock what would you like to roll at this point this is like the start of it right rounding up the volunteers to organize them and to see where we go from there. So survey is what I can see in my head. Survey or consort maybe makes sense. It's the same for me either way. So I kind of like survey to some degree as being, it's not just about like making those alliances and like rounding people up, but also working out what you need as as much as anything. Like, what are the weak points of this yeah. area, and what resources do I have to deal with that? I'm also going to give you plus one dice, because I think Rian is probably helping you here. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, you know, as as she'd say, like, she's the more competent one out of the pair of you. That's just plain rude. <laughs> okay. I rolled a three. All go on the dice today. Mm-hmm. So you get to fill in one segment of this clock. Hooray, I'm so good at this. That's okay, because you could always spend a coin or another downtime action to do more on this clock if you wanted as well. Well, I have no other plans, and perhaps (laughs) if we see what happens, that might be something that will spur me on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think maybe what you see is... I think you do start to get a sense of like what defences you'll need. And you do start to round people up, maybe brokering some agreements with the people of of the Winter's Lodge as well, like Evron Eves's group are probably fairly happy to help. But I think part of why this is so low is I think you do start to realise that for that larger community that don't live in Tales End, they're very reluctant to throw their lot in. There's a reason they're not living here, and that's because they don't want to get caught out when the repercussions come and they can see that happening. I think maybe this is sort of typified by um, Foible, because I think we wanted to have that conversation about what happens to to them, like now they're back in the city. What are Foible's pronouns? Who knows? He, they, maybe? Yeah, why not? But yeah, um, what what happens with Foible? Now that they're out of the cut. Because I, I think I've got a sense of what they want to do, but do you try and get them to, to stay here? Do you give them, like, the the tour of Tales End? 
Yeah, maybe I asked them to give me a hand having a wander around just to try and work out how we're going to defend this place. I've, uh, I will, you know, I'm here, I've side on, I will help you defend this place, but I'm not moving here. I have a house in the city, and I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to live there. And I guess the thing is, like, the tension here from your knowledge is, you've seen ghosts that try to do that, it probably doesn't go well. Like, there's probably not a lot of legal protections there. It's probably not technically Foible's house anymore. Foible, you know, uh, you know I've been doing this for a while, right? You know, being dead. (laughs) Foible, I think (laughs) Foible does laugh. (laughs) I know you've been doing it for a while, yes. People don't realise how difficult it is sometimes. How you've got to move on from the things that you knew when you were alive. And whilst I can respect that you don't want to come and live in Tail's End, your house might not be yours anymore. <sighs> you know what it's like. Someone thinks someone's gone, they, they sell the house, they sell the belongings, they get rid of you things that you held on to in life, and that's not something you can do anything about. I'm sorry, Ivar. I see your point, I really do, but I don't give a fuck. It's my house. It's my business. I built that up. Yes, Foible. I'm trying to work out like what, what, what Foible's business is now, but... Didn't we mention... I don't know if we mentioned it in an actual episode or not, but I remember when we were planning stuff about Foible. Doesn't, doesn't he live with Oxbow and they have like a cafe? Yeah, like a cafe food bank thing. Yeah, like a community food bank. The people in Atrium that rely on me... And an Oxbow. Pretty sure that Oxbow's... <sighs> Hope Oxbow's been keeping it up. I need to go pay him a visit, but... Spent too long building that up. I'm not going to just give it up, because what? And you can tell that he's getting, like, angry. <laughs> like, genuinely angry. Like, there's stuff bubbling under the surface. I think Ivar puts, um, puts his hand on their shoulder and just says... I can I can respect you for that. Just know that there's always a place for you here, and uh, that won't ever change. And what you do for us, we'll do our best to help you as well. You know that. I think Foible maybe takes a few moments to like calm themselves, and I think even though they're a ghost, they're doing like breathing exercises almost. And just kind of focusing on their breath and then look at you and go like, that doesn't quite have the same effect anymore, does it? How'd you calm down now you're a ghost? Well, you know me, I'm always uh, solid as a rock, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes I try and put my eyes back in their sockets, but that's a bit funny, you know? <laughs> Fucking hell. I just fall on in in a panic situation. Just tried to pop eyeballs in. No, I hate it. Speaking of, uh, what's foibles tell? He manifests fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Was that <funny? laughs> uh, 
that's what we went for like bits of his spirit kind of drip off in in shapes of useful objects right yes because that was like his whole deal yeah awesome the protest prepper (laughs) i i think foible looks and goes thank you ivor for understanding i'm gonna i guess it's time to head back and see how much oxbow has managed to ruin the place right you are then uh but you need anything you come calling all right yeah and i'll be here bright and early tomorrow for did you say practice is that what we're doing yeah or drills if you want to make it more uh official i bloody well do not uh, yeah, all right <laughs> i love foible <laughs> and then just yeah uh right i'll be seeing you then i'll go go say bye to ezra and heads back up to where i imagine ezra is is getting healed a bit or something distant screaming as ezra realizes they haven't told oxbow that foible's not gone <laughs> whoops yeah i imagine this is still early days <laughs> what can possibly go wrong hmm do you reckon? I imagine Foible maybe gets you to go with them to to Oxbow. Yeah, maybe I'll go with them. Kind yeah. of knock on the door and explain it first to soften the blow. Yeah, I don't imagine like there's a a huge scene there or anything. I think you just see there's definitely some like joy in them seeing each other, and I don't imagine Ezra spends much time there once the introductions have been made. Right? No, steals a sandwich and leaves. Yeah, cool. I don't know, in my head I had the, um, you know that thing from the Spider-Man films where Captain America does all the PSA videos for the kids in school, but it's just Ezra going, so your friend's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what you need to know. Step one, don't panic. Maybe the touch we actually get is like, I think the outside of the shop has been like boarded up and there are signs, like in the same way that you get when you have like squatters occupying a building it's like that sort of thing like oxbow has just done that to the shop of just like nope i'm not moving i don't legally own it but this is this is mine now and there's definitely like some relief oxbow is not on his own anymore dealing with this i imagine foible's sort of the the brains of the situation in many ways yeah yeah deals with all the admin and stuff <laughs> yeah I, I think the other thing we spoke about when we we're talking about who foible and oxbow are and trying to work out that was it I imagine Foible takes a lot of people in in the same way that Amrys does, and like Oxbow is probably like one of those people who is kind of stuck. Like maybe not children. Like Foible does the same thing for adults. Yeah, like if someone's living on the streets or something, I imagine Foible is like, okay, come stay over, and like, yeah, I imagine Oxbow just kind of stayed after that. Is there anything else here, or should we move on to whoever wants to do a downtime action next? I think that's a, a nice end for that scene. Mm. Yeah. Anyone got plans? I I certainly have plans, <laughs> of course. Okay, what what do you want to do? Um, okay, step one, indulge vice, because if I take one more stress, I'm going out, um, <laughs> which is good. And what is your vice? It's family and obligation, right? Y- yeah, family. Um, mm, this sounds fun. Yeah, because I've got some catching up to do with the family since um, mum got arrested. We've had the talk, like, Ash has been told that it's happened. The rest of the family's had a bit of time to deal with Mariana being arrested, but Ash really hasn't. Mm. So I think having a good sit down and chat 
about what the family is going to do and also f- from Ash's point of view particularly what we're going to do about it yeah I imagine their plan is probably just Avery in particular might be there's nothing we can do you know the authorities are you know the law is the law etc etc blah 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 bullshit but I think as part of the the downtime I want to try and convince him that w- we can fight this how does this take place is this like all of your family around a table or is it like you're talking to one of your parents late at night no i think i think i think this is i think this is family meeting okay this is like all hands on deck we need to we need to talk about this and also uh i need to talk about what i've been up to and how why this happened okay and who calls this meeting is it ash uh, yeah ash definitely does yeah okay do you think everyone turns up like I think definitely your parents do. I'm trying to work out out of like for like Aileen and Mara who are probably pretty busy with the other stuff, and I don't know how they feel towards you. Does only one of them show up? I don't know. I I kind of get the feeling that this is a pretty tight knit family. I think they'd still show up. Okay, then everyone's here. Did the younger sisters, day six and eleven, that we've not named? I guess they're not here, or like are lurking in the background almost. Yeah, no, I think I think this is a whole family thing. Okay. I think you spoke about other people having gotten over this or having more time to get over this. I think the thing that is immediately obvious as everyone kind of arrives is they haven't. And that means different things for different people. But just remind me, which one's Avery and which one's Dalton? Dalton runs the shop and Avery does, like, crafts, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Avery mostly looks after the kids keeps himself amused with whatever project mm. and flights of fancy he's picked up this week. Okay. I think Avery is just sat at the table with some woodwork that he's brought in and is just sat doing that. I think Dalton is just sat on a sofa. He's listening, but he's not necessarily at the table. And I think um, of Alien and Mara... Mara is almost like stood at the door and Aelin is probably the only one that is like sat and looks attentive. There's a reluctance here to really address what's here. You're like, you, you called this meeting. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pull them out of where they are now. Um, firstly, sorry, sorry. I've been gone so long. It's, we kind of, we kind of went to the cut and, um, I mean, well, you know, you know what it can be like, but I know, I know it wasn't really a, a good time for it. Um, the other thing is, what happened to mum? That's on me. Literally, it's, it's my, it's my fault. And I'm so sorry. I, I kind of expected that any consequences from what I've been doing were gonna, were gonna fall on me. You know, and I didn't expect the rest of you. Um, I, I've I've been I've been working with the maybes, the jubilant specifically. I don't know if that actually means anything to you. Um, um, I've been trying to make things better. I've been trying to trying to fight back against, you know, all of it. It, it really made me want to help and to you know be a part of everything. Somebody say something, please. 
I think um, Dalton probably stands up and like walks over and just like wraps one of his large leathery scaled arms around you. And it's like, I said it was all right, Ash. It's, you don't have to apologize. And like, I imagine Aelin probably nods and goes, it's probably our fault, just as much as yours, Ash. What we've been doing, me and Mara, it's, it's not like that's unconnected. And like, she casts a look at Mara, who just looks down to avoid her gaze. Avery, I think, is still like working on whatever this device is he has in front of him. A- Avery, have you have you um have you talked to Galena recently? Avery slowly raises his head and like looks at you. No. Um should I? She's I don't know if it's actually anything to do with mum specifically, but she's involved in some some stuff. Some pretty high-level stuff. Yes. And she's kind of pissed at me at the moment. I think Avery sort of, like, tilts his head to look at you. I think in his yes, that there's, like, he has probably warned you about Galena before and not to get too involved with her. To some degree, because, you know, like, I think Avery knows who Galena is. Like, it's not a surprise to him that she's involved in stuff. But I think in, like, the turn of his head, there is a lot of, like, sympathy there. Because I imagine Avery is someone who has dealt with Galena's bullshit a lot. <laughs> and probably has dealt with it when, when like, he married into this family. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, I guess what I want to talk about really is what are we going to do about it I mean I'm going to try and do something about it but I guess I kind of would really like it if the rest of you would back me on it you know at, at least uh, like an enthusiastic yes <laughs> Um, I think this is probably the point to make a roll oh god uh, so is this an indulge vice? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's three. Okay. Best one is a three. Uh, so you, you clear free, free stress, at least. Mm-hmm. Still leaves you on, like, what, five out of nine? Yeah, five out of nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this feels very mixed. I think Mara feels like the one that is probably least sympathetic here. Currently, Mara leaves. She probably stays to hear you out and what you're thinking. Like, what, what are you planning? Are you planning on breaking your mum out? Yep, straight up jailbreak. No idea how, but that's the plan. <laughs> Mara is so focused on what's happening with the vials and keeping that going. And it's not that she doesn't support your actions, but it's very much like a... I'm being a realist here. Rather than trying to go for like the big flashy thing, I'm building something, I'm working on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ash, this is stupid you know like like that's probably <laughs> yep. her line as she leaves i think aelin stays like aelin is torn between the pair of you and probably was constantly growing up hmm. but aelin's your twin at the end of the day she probably always sides of you not by much really but like if she has to she she will and I, I don't think she sees it as siding with one or the other but she's like both of you need help i'm gonna help both of you 
And then there's the parents, right? I think in sort of like the opposite to how they're set up, I think it's Dalton who withdraws here. Because Dalton was always the one that was kind of a bit politically removed, right? No, Dalton was sort of sympathetic. Okay. Uh, he and Mariana met through sort of community action groups, that kind of thing. Avery's the one who grew up very privileged and never really engaged with this sort of stuff. Yeah. I still think Dalton is the one that withdraws. I don't think it's because he doesn't want to help, but I think his way about, of going around stuff is he's probably talking about, like, I'm still working with Saravoma. Whatever they've got on your mum, do whatever I can to stop this happening. I don't want you to end up in trouble as well as her. I'm not risking you and Aelin. She wouldn't want that. You're not risking us. We'd be risking ourselves. That's the choice we're making. And she'd do the same for you, or me, or Aelin, or anyone. I think she kind of did, right? Then let me take this risk. I don't want you there. She'd take this risk for you, but she wouldn't let you take this risk from me or Avery. Look at us. And, like, he points at him and Avery. We're just shopkeepers. We've had a nice life. It's it's fine. We, we will get through this. We've got through this so many times. You're so much in front of you, Ash. This isn't just about us. This is about the whole city. Ash, this is just... It's about everyone. I'm not fighting just for us. I'm not fighting for me. I'm trying to make everything better. Is that true, Ash? I think so. Everything I hear is just... And I think Dalton, like, stops himself before he, like, twists the knife. Because I think Dalton has probably picked up on, like, a lot of the stuff that Ash does is, like, led by himself, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Look, I, I'm trying, okay? And and you're just sitting at home and minding the shop. At least I'm trying. And I think Ash sort of storms out. Okay, and yeah, I think Dalton was about to, to to do similar. Like, it feels very much like that thing where two people just don't want to say the bad thing to each other, almost. Mm-hmm. Where does Avery find you? Uh, there's probably a wall nearby like you can see like all the way down the um the tumble shoot from mm. that ash kind of sits on top of when he's just idling um i think avery maybe turns up behind you and puts the wooden object that he was working on down beside you it doesn't sit on the wall next to you but just kind of stands behind isn't is not as good as anything that ezra has made but Maybe this'll help. Ezra will have to do something to it, I'm sure, but and he's placed like something sort of reminiscent of like one of Ezra's little machines next to you. Oh. And I think it's sort of open chassis, and it has like similar sort of legs. And it's got like a piece of like maybe it's like one of Mariana's scarves or something, like inside of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. If I've done this right and You'll have to ask Ezra. It, it might help lead you to her. Wait, you, you actually made it work? Well, it'll move, but can't do the rest of it. Wow. Not that spirit stuff, anyway. That's really cool. Um, is, is Dalton okay? Avery shrugs. It's like, I haven't checked yet. 
thought I'd say to you first. And then, like, puts one hand on one of your shoulders. We've all got our own ways of helping and our own ideas of how to do things, and we'll all be all right. I don't, I don't know how to wait. I don't know how to do things slowly or to be patient or do all the things that Dalton and Myra want to do. I, I've got to do something. I can't just sit around, you know? I think Avery, like, laughs at that. And it's like, you're more like he was than you'll ever guess. When I met him, and he was your age, we were much the same. He learned to be slow and steady, but I hope you never have to. He's lost a lot. You know that, right? You, your grandparents, and you were there the last time all of this kicked off. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. Maybe this time can be different. Something's got to change eventually, right? I don't know. Avery, like, struggles with something to say and then, like, pulls you in for a hug. I think it's a good, warm hug. And you can smell the familiar smell of, like, wood carvings on him. Like, there's a scent of pine. That changed, so... Yeah, let's hope other people can, too. I believe in you, Ash. And Dalton does, too. I'm sure Mara would say the same, just... And just kind of, like, puts... Hand on, like, both your shoulders. Just give them some time. We can't all move as fast as you do. I think Hash just sort of nods and goes in for an, uh, another hug. Uh, I think that's uh, probably a good scene. Yeah, that's probably the end of the scene. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I love these dads. Like, they're so love good. Them. They're so good. Where are we going next, fellas? I mean, sorry, Dalton and Avery, but I am very much planning a jailbreak. Yeah, jailbreak, baby. Let's go. Not for Mariana, <laughs> but sorry, Ash. I mean, I don't think they're opposed to the jailbreak. I think they're opposed to a jailbreak just to get Ash's mum out. Yes. <laughs> Were you also thinking of, like, didn't you have some downtime stuff you wanted to do with that? Uh, Yeah, I would like to acquire an asset to... Uh... Set me up in good standing for for this. Weren't you saying, like, you thought all of your downtime actions for, like, one scene? Uh, yeah. I have in my mind that Amaris hosts, like, an ethereal precepts dinner, like, every holy night, which is probably every full moon. So it's quite regular. Yeah. And Crick goes every time, because... Crick was sort of partially raised by Amaris for a while and is also Ethereal Precepts and... A childhood friend, I guess, of Esmus. A childhood friend, yeah, a family member in some ways. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to use that to try and convince the Flint Street Nappers to help us break Lena and the original Flint Street Napper out of jail. Okay. And not, not to roll more downtime actions into this, but... Nia, did you still want to reduce stress? Indulge your vice? Yes. Um, I wanted to find Crick, wherever Crick was, and say we're having a date now. I'm sure that's fine. 
Okay. <laughs> Crick's on his way to Amrish's house. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I think you find Crick in the watchtower, and he, he's probably, like, putting on, like, a suit, but, like, in the same way that you'd put on, like, your Sunday best sort of thing. You probably find it hugely ugly. It's sort of like a load of dull brown colours. It's probably very similar to uh, good old Ivar's outfit oh, from from when he broke into the minister's house. Oh, yay. N- Nia? You alright? No, no. Uh, do you have many hours right now? Uh, like Many, many hours. N- you always come at the worst, the worst times. Bloody hell, uh... I mean... Just looks at you and goes, Well, well, I guess you look fancy enough. Uh, um... I got a bit... A thing to be at. Uh, every full moon we might... Do you want to come? I mean... I guess? That's better than nothing. I'll have to warn you. My my family's gonna be all... As good to it as I've got. Uh, Um, Oh... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're probably better than mine, so yeah, sure. Sorry about this, it, and then after we can, we can talk about everything. Okay. Right? Yeah, that, that's, that sounds fine. Okay. God, this is such, so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um. And that's before Ezra shows up. Yeah. Friend, did we talk about, like, who Crick's family were? Were they in jail? I say I know pretty much nothing about Crick's backstory. Mm. Crick's only family, I think, like Ezra, is their mom, mm. who was an acquaintance of Amrus's for a significant period of time, <laughs> and is now in jail. Ah, convenient. What? What's Crick's mom's name? Nazra might be nice. Nazra's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for that. Yeah, so it's deeply funny that Crick refers to uh, Ezra's family as their family as well. But, like, I think that's true to some degree. It's sort of true. I think for a while Crick was one of Amrys's kids, and, and even now Amrys and Nazra are not a thing. That's still true. I don't think you get to stop being Amrys's kid. Yeah. Okay. So I think, Nia, do you know what Ezra's mam's house looks like? You probably don't, do you? No, I, 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 I don't think Nia sees a lot of parents. No. Okay. So yeah, I think uh, as as you're like getting ready for this for this meal, like someone knocks on the door and Emrys is like, "Ezra, get the door." All right. Yeah. Hang on, ma'am. I got it. And you open it to Crick and Nia. I close the door. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Crick just like pushes it open and is like, "Come on now, you know you know I was going to be here." And then Crick rise, you did not bring near to my mum's house. Oh, are you know each other then? Yeah, We're... frosty silence. This was my friend, right? It's just eye twitches slightly. <laughs> oh, um, this best not be trouble. Not tonight. I'm not. I'm not having it. What have you? What's? What have you done? What's going on? On a date. Didn't think you. You cavorted with her. You know, Nia's. Nia's sort. You're on a date. Yeah. To my mum's house. Well. <laughs> for a moon meal. <laughs> it's not my ideal date, but. No, I can't imagine it is. 
but Nia had some time and I thought I'd treat some. To this meal? Yeah. In Amarissa's flat? I wanted to show some uh, proper meal. None of that fancy food. Ezra looks deeply suspicious, <laughs> but can't keep Crick in the corridor forever. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess they let them in. Crick kind of walks in and goes to sit at the chair that is obviously like where Ezra normally sits. Um, and I think Nia and Ezra are just kind of like left facing each other in this corridor. Um, right. Right. Fine. Come in then, I guess. C come, come in. Okay. I guess Nia, Nia's very confused. <laughs> but this is fine, I guess. C can I take your coat? They ask questioningly because I assume this garment only vaguely resembles one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably very true. Um, mm. I mean, when Crick said that family would be here, I well, this was not what I was expecting. What exactly were you expecting? Not you. Ezra turns to Crick and like stares at them. He's like, "Who exactly does Nia think you are?" Um, Crick does like a big unfurling of like their arms and like looks at Nia and goes, "Who do you think I am?" Mm. I assume Nia just tuts. Probably. Do we think Crick would use sibling or brother? Um, I don't know either. I think. I th yeah, I think Ezra just turns back around. And is like that. Nia, that's my brother. What? Did you not know that? Ooh. No, no, I didn't. That makes. I mean, it's not. It's not like I go around saying that. Um, how how often do you go out and meet someone? And go like, and by the way, don't give me that. I know you two've been courting for weeks. I'm not thrilled about it, but at some point it comes up, doesn't it? You... Courting, and like, Craig <laughs> just starts laughing. Ezra throws something at Craig and goes to help in the kitchen. Yeah, then <laughs> not dealing with this right now. I think as you walk in. Uh, Amris kind of like does a conspiratorial lean over to you. He's like, hey, that one's fancy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they are literally the fanciest person I've ever met. How come Crick can bring bring on someone like that? And who do you bring on that? Right, well, it's been grand. I'll see you all later then. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm off. <laughs> bye, bye, ma'am. <laughs> Absolute savage. <laughs> The best you can do is open. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, you know, like, Amis, Amis introduces herself to, to Nia. I think the kids come running up. Panna and Kiva are touching all of Nia's clothes. Grubby little fingers on everything. Whoa, it's so soft. Nia is entirely Whoa. going to come back with clothes for them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Completely impractical children's clothes. Just loves anyone being excited by Sarah clothing. As Nia says that, I imagine all of the adults in the room just look at each other like, oh. But yeah, I think um, you, you have like the introductions and then I think you get settled down and you have one of these meals. What what does this meal involve? What gets served? Uh, I think it's probably like fairly traditional 
Eolith fare, but like the best you can make it in Embrace where you can't get the same ingredients. So like lots of preserved stuff, I imagine. Yeah, I think it's like like a honeyed bread and like pickled vegetables and you have it with like salted fish and like this stew that you make from like dried meats and these quite tough tubers and then you cook them for hours. It's quite spiced, I think, probably. That sounds good. Is anyone else here or is it just you five, six? Does Nilcat come? Oh, maybe, actually, yeah. Especially if he's been around a lot more recently. Yeah. Nilcat just staring at Crick over the table. <laughs> <laughs> Does the same double tick when, like, he walks in and Nia's there and he's like, Nia, what are you doing here? Don't ask any questions about it. Just This is just what it is now. Didn't realise the, the jubilant were all getting so familiar with each other. Hooray! Right, you, oh, you'll love this. And, like, Nilcat, like, takes them to, like, the table and starts, like, handing out scraps of food. Maybe from, like, the kitchen as Amris and Nerta are trying to put everything together. It's like, oh, just just try try a spoon of this and, like, ladles you out a, a, a spoon of the soup. Nia is incredibly happy and confused. Sorry, I just had a really a really horrible thought of Nilcat being like, oh, you'll love this, and then just leading Nia to, like, one of the cubbies in the wall where Amrith keeps all of her children's memorabilia and is like, look at these drawings of baby Ezra! <laughs> <gasps> Please! Yes. Oh, that's for later. That, that, that totally happens after the meal. That's for after dinner. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I feel like maybe Crick does it first. Yes. Not thinking about the fact that, like, Crick also has a load <laughs> of that stuff. So Yeah, there's definitely loads of Crick as well. Yeah. Um, look at all Ezra's things. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, just don't look over here. <laughs> the two of them just, like, two years old and butt naked in the river, <laughs> crying. Just the pair of you, like, Amis, why oh, did so you draw good. this? Just precious memories. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, like, you have this nice meal that... Does Nia like the food? Is it good for you or is it like... I think it'd be nice. I think because I would imagine there's lots of fad foods that mm. Nia's had over the years. This has never been a fad. This this is like the kind of food that has never been popular. Fucking Eolith fusion. Yeah. Well, more that like um, having different spices mixed together or unusual combinations. Say I've not grown up eating just one type of food. If that makes sense. Yeah. I hope Nia says none of that as Seb eating this meal. Like, oh, this is such an unusual combination of spices. No. Amrith just breaking a spoon in half <laughs> with her fist. But yeah, you have this meal and uh, the, the people want to indulge in their vices. Yes, yes, I would love to. The way I'm getting around this is um, Crick and Nilkat and Ezra will often do like a little music lesson with Panna and Kiva mm. on these evenings. Yeah. Like sing some little songs with them, teach them how to drum. Amazing. Does Nia join in? I think say try. Not very successfully. <laughs> Can I, we have bonus dice because there's multiple people here? Yeah, I think so. Like it's a big family meal. This feels like a nice scene. I got five. Six. We did so well, Ziz. I know! Yeah. Look at us rolling! Yeah, so Ezra clears five stress down to one, and Nia clears six stress down to, like, two, maybe? Oh, phew. Oh. But yeah, it's pretty pleasant, I think, all told. 
I say, this seems really nice. Yeah, I'm interested to get like how Nia is feeling. Like, is, is it nice watching Crick in this environment? Is that what this is about? I think it's similar to, um, like, even though that wasn't a happy reunion, but watching Ash and his family, just kind of seeing families is really nice. Families that function, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, really good. I kind of imagine there's like, I think this is true for Crick, but it's probably also true a little bit for like Ezra and Nilcat. Over like the course of the evening, like they, they soften a little bit. You're so used to seeing them be like the leader of a gang or a revolutionary or like, you know, the head of a revolutionary network or whatever. And I think they kind of forget all of their like little rivalries and stuff as this evening goes on. Like they still play it up, but like. It's nice to see people relaxing a bit. Yeah. I think in a way that Nia's parents and family never do. Yeah. Where they're always performative and on guard. And I imagine a big meal is an excuse to like impress someone yeah. rather than a big meal just being a place to find comfort within. Mm-hmm. And then, Ezra, you wanted to do something else, right? You wanted to acquire asset, did you say? It's an acquire asset. I want, I want the Flint Street Nappers. <laughs> Is this for the jailbreak? Yup. Cool. Um, how does this happen? How do, you, how do you talk to Crick? I imagine there's a point at which, like, Amaris takes Panna and Kiva out to go and look at the moon and do prayers. Mm. And... Crick and Ezra go sometimes, but not all the time. This is not one of those times where they go, they're sort of sat. Yeah, I like to imagine that maybe Nilcat took Neo as well. Like, as as much as this is, like, business, and you'd think Nilcat would have a place here, but, like, I think a lot of it is, like, sorting your own differences out. I think as well, like, Ezra and Nilcat have already talked about this. They know what they need. Yeah. And... Of the two of them, Ezra is the more likely to convince Crick. I think Crick and Nilcat get on even worse than Ezra and Crick do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think, yeah, you, you just like left, sat around the table. And it's like, as she's leaving, it's like, right, if you're not, if you're not coming, you can do the dishes. And like, there's just the pair of you washing <laughs> you, the dishes as you talk. What does it, what's this conversation like? I don't think Ezra starts it with the request because I think you have to slide Crick into agreeing with things mm. a bit at a time. So I think they, they kind of just, as they're washing up and chatting about, like, I think Crick is probably griping a little bit about, like, the increased swift presence and how hard it is to, to get things done with the nappers now. And it's and... all your fault. You and your revolutionaries, if you... Well, look, you were getting yourself in enough trouble by... Just your own and in fairness, but uh, man manageable trouble. Manageable trouble. That's that's the what's Crick's surname? Rise. Anan Crick Rise. That's the Rise way. That's the Rise way. Yeah, you say that, but it's always manageable to in in it. Look, the point the point is it were gonna happen either way, weren't it? Like, before some questionable decisions were made. It weren't like we weren't seeing more of them around. Calvary's been a nightmare for months now. And Yeah, but... God, you, you, if she was still round, your mum had never stood for this. Yeah, but you play their game, don't you? you? You do your trouble, and then when the eat's on, 
and it's time to go. One of you goes to jail, you go for a couple of years, and then you come back. That's how it works. Been a bit longer than a couple of years now, hasn't it? Well, that's our own bloody stupid problem. And I agree with you. I do. It were a bit of a, a kerfuffle, weren't it? But the thing is, the thing is, no one in Calvary, and not, not even Amaris, and you know how she is with them, no one ever really put them in their place like like Nazra, and we could do with a bit of that, really, I reckon. What are you saying? Oh, I don't mean you, don't worry. <laughs> you are, no. Um, look, the thing is, Calvary and Atrium aren't hanging on like Tails End is, and, and, and Tails End's doing it because they got Ivar and they, they got Chilva, and we've got, I mean, no offence to Cerevoma, but we've got now, have we? And if we did have someone, say, Yamam or Lena or both, we might find a bit more direction. I think, um, like, it's one of those conversations that I imagine takes, like, a, quite a few, like, natural pauses, as I, I think, yeah, Crick is just, like, washing some pots for a while and it's like, you know we don't work in, in Calvary anymore, just, just Limbus, ever since. Limbus ain't gonna do you much good for much longer. Hmm. What are you saying, then? What I'm saying is, Last Reach is a bit of a pain in the ass to get to without a boat, or, failing that, a glider. Crick puts down the pot <laughs> he's holding, and he's like, are you seriously suggesting what you're suggesting? Amazingly, not even top five in the stupidest things I've done this month, so, yeah. But... We have thought about it, we, we've got some plans, me and Nils. I mean, it's not just you either, you know, I'm not asking you to go in by yourself. You... <sighs> hmm. I'll fix your glider for you. I know you broke it and it doesn't fly right. He's doing that thing where he's like walking up and down the room, just like waving their arms in the air, like <laughs> trying to say something and starting sentences and stopping sentences. Uh, make make a roll, I think. Is there a special roll for acquire asset or? Yeah, to acquire the asset, you roll the cruise tier. And the result indicates the quality of the asset you get using the cruise tier as a base. Okay, so just 2d6. Yeah. I guess Nil gets helping, so 3d6. Nice. Oof. Where were these rolls all the other days, huh? You didn't even need that extra dice. So that did, is did a 6, not. a 6, and a 4, so a critical. So you get tier plus 2. Yeah, you get tier 4. You get tier 4 asset. Um, Ooh, wow. Damn. I think we can like maybe split that up because I know that there are probably other assets that you want to use. Yeah, I would. I think the way that we've split this is that Ezra is dealing with Crick and the Nappers, and Nilcat will deal with the lace pot beneficiaries for boats. Yeah, yeah. So if I could get both. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we can sit down between scores and work out what assets you got and what tier they are. And but yeah, I think Crick is on side. I think yes. Crick looks at you with just like as much. As they protest, like, they love a stupid idea, right? And looks at you with, like, danger. Can I say, like, one last mm. thing to say, seal the deal for Crick as well? And, like, as they're wandering around, waving their arms around and not saying anything, Ezra kind of leans back on the sink and's like, bet Nia would be pretty impressed. <laughs> Crick just kind of, like, 
stops, gives you like a daggerish look, <laughs> and then like shrugs their shoulders and goes, Nia's already pretty impressed. <laughs> I think that's seen. I think that's seen. Yeah. yeah. I will say it will be nice to see Crick do a score where he's not using Nia as a front. Yeah, that will be good. Yeah. I mean, exactly. we don't yeah. know that that's true. <laughs> Nia's moderately impressed. <laughs> okay, so we've got, I think, Oaken and Ivar have got downtime actions left. What What are you looking to? I've not seen out from Oaken yet, so... Um, I'll probably need to indulge in a vice. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too stressed out, but I already have a trauma. And your vice is, like, practicing with your spear, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of regretting choosing that now because it's just very, you know, there's not a way to make it into a cool, interesting thing. What if you were training ghosts for <gasps> Ivar's oh my God. Spirit Tales and Militia? Oh my God. Ivar would hate that. Captain Oak. Yeah, it, it, is it like entirely, entirely uninvited? Oaken seems oh, like these. Yeah these militia members like practicing with like wooden spears and stuff and it's like right okay no that's not how you do that i think i think no i don't think he would step in is there any chance the militia would like be like oh there's oaken and ask him yeah like because the other thing i was thinking was i think we've spoken a little bit about this we've not seen rian talk to anyone but like rian talking to to oaken as well and like maybe there's one day where oaken's practicing and rian just comes and like stands with you and like practices alongside you saying very little oh my god but in just like this nice like she nods at you and she also practices with like maybe she practices with a spear like she's used to using like guns and is like right actually i'm gonna try something else and then like this happens for a couple of days and then one day she like looks at you and goes like they're asking you know and like nods at some of the people practicing further down like in in the courtyard of the winter's lodge they want to know if you'll teach them. Well, they they do seem like a motley crew that could benefit from my guidance. As one of the greatest warriors of all time. She just raises an eyebrow. Sure. You ever done any teaching before? No, but how hard can it be? <laughs> I'll just, you know... Be like my teachers. Give them a whack when they do something wrong. I've heard about them jackal teachers. When they were tapping me up, they're... You know, it's one thing to teach someone who has already got a bit of skill. It's another thing to teach someone who's never held a spear in their life. Why don't we do this together? Together? Yeah, you You show them how to hold it and I'll, I'll do the explanations. Yes, um... If you, if you want to join me, then I suppose you can. Well, I ain't got much else to do. A load of ghosts and an Ivar, that's all I know around here. Come on, then. And, like, she starts, like, heading down to the people. How are, how are you holding up in uh, this old place? And, like, she taps the lodge as she's walking down the stairs. Oh, you know, it reminds me of home a little bit. I don't, but what do you mean? Well, it's big and well-furnished. Not like these little hovels. 
but you know these are very nice hovels i think <laughs> very, very quaint very homely i think she's already regretting asking you to help out nice having so many people about everyone everyone says hi to me <laughs> yeah imagine like the Winter's Lodge is fairly busy at the minute. Like, there are people training outside, and there's obviously some people, like, coming and going. But there's also, like, probably a bunch of revolutionaries, like, now using this place as a meeting space. And that meeting is full-on turned into, like, rudimentary revolutionary council at this point, I imagine. And you can probably hear them arguing at some points as you're walking around the halls. Does Oaken ever go into those meetings? He's probably he's probably tried and immediately got kicked out, and oh god, yeah. I mentioned like the embarrassing scene where Oaken walks in, and then there's like a three hour long debate about whether Oaken is allowed in the room <laughs> and what he represents as a symbol. Uh, Oaken got near to make him a like furred cloak for him to just walk into that meeting, and then he never got to use it again. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it's it's nice for him being somewhere where. People don't hate him, mm. and good for him to be somewhere where he's not worshipped by everyone. Yeah, this is probably like more of a home than your actual home was. Yeah. Should we roll the dice to see how you teaching a group of like revolutionaries and people from the lodge and ghosts goes? Yeah, I don't want Oaken to be a good teacher. <laughs> They learn something in spite of Oaken himself. It would be more useful for the effort, wouldn't it? Oh, well, I got a six anyway, so... Oh, no. Oh, no, is that bad? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's good. That's very good. No, it's bad because they've only oh, got no. five stress. Yeah, no, that's oh, no. bad. <laughs> yeah, the, the sex is the thing you didn't want, which is, like, overindulgence, which we've not had. We've not had so far. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Oaken spear indulgence. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you like clear your vice, uh, you clear some stress from your character's stress track. But when you clear more than the stress you have, you overindulge. Vice is not always a reliable, controllable habit. It's a risk and one that can drive your character to act against their own best interests. When you overindulge, you make a bad call because of your vice in acquiring it or while under its influence. To bring the effect of this bad decision into a game, you select one of the overindulgences from the list. You can either attract trouble, in which you select or roll an, an additional entanglement. You can brag about your exploits and gain plus two heat. Hmm. You can become lost, which is your character vanishes for a few weeks, play a different character until this one returns. When your character returns, they've also healed any harm they've got. Or tapped, your current purveyor cuts you off. Find a new source for your vice. Bragging feels very oaken. <laughs> yeah. Also being banned from training for trying too hard. <laughs> that would fit. Mm. There's also like rumors spreading that you're here is like also fits and like people being like, Oaken is there training the radicals is very a thing. Yeah, I like the idea of like not necessarily Oaken bragging about it, but us getting in trouble because Oaken is so ostentatiously there. <laughs> yeah. Is this also like Nia's story also working against? You in some ways Ooh, as well of like yeah. people start to learn hear that Oaken is alive and exists and is working with with you. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that rules. Okay, so what does that take your heat to? Uh, six of nine before you've even done any scores. 
That's fine. Cool. And you clear all your stress. How does the training go? Is it good? Like you've you got to clear six stress. I assume it's just gone well. Yeah, you know what? I think Oaken's trying really hard to impress Dina's little tricks. And Rian's probably like great at interpreting things into something actually teachable. Yeah, I imagine like, okay, so instead of doing their fancy twirl and stabbing them, just just stab them. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine like just Oaken doing all these twirls, showing off, everyone being very impressed and he's loving it. And now they know which end of the stick to hit with. And that's all they <laughs> yeah. needed to know. Yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of Oaken posing dramatically with his spear in the glinting sunlight for 10 minutes, looking heroic, while Rian points at one end of the spear and is like, this bit <laughs> <Yeah>. is sharp. <laughs> I imagine because you've got a six, maybe there's like one extra bit of this as well, is maybe you do tell them all how to stand in a particular way that looks impressive. Oh my god, I, I teach them how to look cool. Yeah, or like intimidating as well. Like th there's Rian's side of this, which is like, hey, here's how you fight, here's how you n don't get tired, because Oaken's not going to get tired, you have to worry about that being a regular person. But also Oaken being like, okay, if you stand like this, you look really cool and intimidating. <laughs> um, Is it just Ivar? Are you the only person who wants to do any time stuff? Yeah, it's just another go at gathering supplies, I guess, for the militia or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing this time? See, I think you've gathered people. There's obviously some training going on. Are you doing more training or are you doing other stuff to help this? I want to go and get everyone uniforms. <laughs> That's definitely the most important thing. <laughs> Is it like uniforms and weapons and stuff like that? Yeah. It's, you know, let's get everyone organised, let's get everyone sorted. Cool. Um, how are you going about this? I'm trying to think. There must be a faction of, like, suppliers or something along those lines, right? Yeah, like, it's sort of hard because some of this, like, leans into what a score might be. Maybe this is, like, the sourcing of that stuff? Yeah, that makes sense. Just looking at your your skills and you do have hunt very high which is hunter target gather information about its location and movements attack with precision shooting from distance that last one is maybe not as important but i love the idea of just like ivar tracking stuff yeah that makes sense just sort of skulking around following things like there's a faction we've not seen much of before but who are like very tooled up to like fight spirits and ghosts and would have some stuff you could maybe use who are like the pale lanterns mm -hmm. and maybe this is like you trying to track down where they're based maybe following some people and slowly like closing that network in yeah let's give that a shot we definitely have no bad repercussions for the people of tales end so let's yeah let's do that um, maybe like some of this is because i i know like what i've got behind the scenes in terms of clocks and stuff like that the Pale Lanterns are definitely moving against Tail's End. So, like, there's a degree to which this is you, like, helping to supply Tail's End, but, like, maybe it's also your instincts as to, like, what is going to be a threat to this place. And, like, working that out is very useful. Yeah, it's like a preemptive strike, almost. All right, well, I'll give it a hunt roll. 
can I spend some money to make that a bit better? You could spend some money. You could also spend some money to roll again and do an additional roll, I think, would work better. Okay, maybe I'll try that. Do I roll all three dice again? Let's go over like what this means first. So maybe this is you learning those rumours, right? Like you start picking up on this idea that the Nimshifts are working with the Pale Lanterns to, to hit at Tail's End, but you don't necessarily get much more about like who they are or where they are. They're the faction that is like, this is why we don't move out of Tail's End and live in the rest of the city, because these guys are here. And yeah, it's very hard to find any idea about where they where they are and what they're doing. And yeah, if you'd like to roll again, are you are you continuing to hunt? Yeah, I think that's the best thing. Cool, so you tick the clock once, pick your last one, and then you get to do it again. Maybe, is there someone you start following this time? Yeah, I think that would make sense. Okay. Like a following in one of the Pale Lanterns, see where they're heading. Yeah, the name you get is Mushka Zin Furl. Alright, and that's a five. So you get to tick two for that. And you can obviously spend coin to increase that as well. One for each result level. I feel like at this point you could just spend the two coin and tick it over if you wanted to. Yeah, so if I spend the two coin, that'll put me to full clock, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, yes, I'm a ghost. I don't need money. Let's spend two coin. So I think what you get is, say, are specifically... I think the agent who is currently scoping out Tail's End, and maybe you see Sam mixing in with some of the revolutionaries who are like part of this council. And it takes a little while, but you slowly pick up on their strange actions, maybe. Like maybe they just do a few things that seem a bit suspicious. And like over time, your suspicions sort of raise about who they are and what their role is. Do you confront them? Do you just track them? How how does Ivar get the location of the Pale Lantern's headquarters? I think he tracks them. It seems more likely than just coming out and confronting them to sort of lose any lead that he might have had. Do you expose Mushka at all, or do you just let, let them just keep coming? I wouldn't expose them until I'd got all the information I needed. I think if I definitely knew the location of the hideout or where we could get some supplies from them, then, yeah, I'd maybe just spread the word amongst the council that they can't be trusted. Yeah. Let them be sort of pushed out on their own. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think you follow some one day to to, to the, like, Pale Lantern headquarters. Do you have any idea where this is? Either on the map or, like, what kind of place this would be. And I guess what I'm asking here, to some degree, is if you're going to go and rob them, what would be a cool place to rob? They're quite, like, a decently sized organisation, right? Yeah, the tier four, apparently, which is horrendous. What if they've got, like, a church or a temple as a front? Is it the main cathedral? Yeah. 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 Fuck it, it's the main <laughs> cathedral, right on the right on the top of that like mound. Yeah. I mean I was looking at that and that's where I got the idea from, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna go rob the temple. Maybe they're just very aligned with Parsant generally, like that makes sense. 
and it's not so much that you don't know where they're based because they're probably based broadly across the city but like knowing where they're like governed from and where they keep their supplies is the thing that is hard here and yeah they've just been keeping them in in that main temple of Parsim. so i think that leaves is that is that everyone done does anyone else want to do any more downtime actions or is everyone happy with where we've got to the only thing I've got for Nia is the breaking up with Elif, or even though they're not even together yet. Why are you breaking up with Elif? Well, because I really don't want <laughs> Altara to go after her. Love the idea of Elif getting a breakup letter from Nia and being like, were we dating? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wait, wait, were we dating? Were those dates? Those were really <laughs> weird dates. I didn't think so, they were dates. Yeah. Okay. Th th do we close there? Like, where is Nia say write this letter? Where Where is Nia living right now? Are they in the Winter's Lodge? Are they somewhere else? I think Say might ask Oaken, or Say might wander the Winter's Lodge, going, oh, it would be really nice if I had a place, like a room that was like this. Um, I don't know if Oaken can make that happen, but I think Say don't want to go home, so they're not planning on going home ever. Say find, yeah, a small nook in the Winter's Lodge as Saron for now. Mm. So do we just close on an image of Sam writing a bunch of letters? I think just just one right now. Say so we've done a whole, ba a whole batch of letters that have already gone out and those keep going back and forth. But they're spending a lot of time on one particular letter and they're extremely upset, but it must be done because Elif must be protected. And she can't be around Nia anymore for her own sake. And Nia's decided this is the right thing to do. I love how absolutely misguided this it's, is it... in all senses. Yep. Like, A, I don't know whether you're actually dating. Probably not. And B, Elif is a revolutionary and is probably just like at this moment downstairs in one of the meetings yep. or something, you know? Yep. <laughs> this is all very silly. But Nia has decided that Elif is the one person, say, will try and save from all of this mess with the Nim shifts. And how is Nia feeling as they do this? Very sad. I think this infatuation kind of spurred on the whole revolutionary bend anyway. Elif is the one that she mm. kind of brought Nia to these things. I have no idea why. Or probably Nia showed up at them because Elif was there. But now, yeah, Nia's is just like, this is this is what I must do to protect her. Okay. And I think we do we just close on Nia signing the letter and then sealing it. Yep, that sounds good. Okay.